Hi, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Wherever you find us, whether it's a video or podcast on your favorite platform, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. You can also find us on major social media platforms. If you go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com, you can find links to the videos or MP3 files, which you can download and enjoy without commercial interruptions. If you're into classic horror, ghost, and adventure stories, I narrate Nightshade Diary, and you can find links at NightshadeDiary.com. If scary stories are your bag, and listening to encounters with cryptids, ghosts, dogmen, and other weird creatures sends a shiver up your spine, then go to SupernaturalStoryTime.com for links to our weekly podcasts. Noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird can be found at eerie.news or visit the Stranger Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Please subscribe to my newsletter on Substack. Just go to mppelliser.com for a link. I want to thank you for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi, everybody. How's everybody doing? Good? Good? Still used to writing in 2023? <clears throat> you know, that kind of deal? So here we are, 2023. I know I've said it in previous shows, but January for me is one of those months where it's like, oh, God, okay. So it's, you know, you kind of do a review. I've noticed, you know, everybody reviews 2022, what's expected for 2023. And, but let's look at it, you know, at a personal level. And, you know, everybody's got, you know, plans, hoping that everything's going to be better and I. I have a feeling it's going to be better uh, over here on the farm. All my chickens are doing well. You know, forward we go. And again, I want to remind you all to um, to go ahead and sign up on my Substack newsletter. I'm still working on my next book on the book number three in the Sybil Chronicles universe. And I am hoping to release it maybe in April or May. It's just that it's, you know, you know that, that saying about life gets in the way, something like that. <laughs> so I'll keep you guys. But again, like I told you, every time I usually release a book, I do, do giveaways on Amazon, a Kindle version for like four or five days. That's what I did with the last book last year. So and besides, you know, you know, I send out the newsletter and it's got interesting little podcast got some interesting articles there to go with it but anyway let's get on to the good part and the good part is the guest that we have on tonight and i'm very excited this is the first time this gentleman's been on stories of the supernatural his name is m r gorga he's a former copywriter and journalist with film and tv credentials and he brings his talents to the paranormal horror genre a child in the wake of the Amityville Horror in the Summer of Sam, his talent for crafting hair-raising tales was first recognized in the fourth grade. When my teacher called my parents after first reading one of my stories, I thought I was in trouble, he fondly recalls. Instead, he announced, your son has a real talent for writing. Sign him up for the Young Authors Club immediately. His writing career now spans decades. His work has appeared in numerous magazines and Fox Family's channel, Real Scary Stories. Between writing, he plays a mean guitar and swills copious amounts of coffee without pets <laughs> and, he, and the reason why i laugh is because a lot of people 
<laughs> you know, it's like then the, the, this and my my cat, my dog, my parrot, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Help me welcome him. How are you doing, Mr. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. As you can tell, you know, because I talk about my dogs and my chickens and everybody, you know, and stuff like that. But at the same time, I appreciate it because, yeah. well, the, you the, know, the preconceived notion like, is that, hey, you know, know, there's people out there that are very perfectly happy without the pet, <laughs> without the therapy dog. <laughs> Obviously, you've been writing this, this, this were very young yep very uh at a very young okay. age yeah i was uh writing since and, elementary school and like a uh, that hard there we go anyway go ahead uh, gmail last question i did not can you repeat that please nah don't worry about it uh no that um you started writing as a kid, obviously. I, I, I'm like one of those that, uh, and you started writing like the horror genre and things like that, scary stories. And I know a lot of kids enjoy that. And uh, is that what you that the the genre that you always wrote in as you became an adult, or how did that happen? Well, I I started writing. I, I don't know why I started writing scary stories at such mm -hmm. uh, an early age. And I, like I said, I, I think that at the time, um, you know, it was uh, Amityville Horror had just come out, and they actually yes. filmed the movie about one town over uh, from where I was living in New Jersey at the time. Really? Um, and there is, and at the same time, it was, um, uh, about the same time was son of Sam was running around New York city with a, you know, shooting people. So it was like, I remember just this wave of fear, uh, right. that kind of like went over like the tri city, you know, the, the, you know, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut kind of area. And it was as a kid, it was just this this wave of fear and somehow I I just think that kind of fed into um, fed into me a little bit and made its way into my writings and uh, my interests so uh, but yeah when I wrote that the first stories of something about uh, some mummy on like a murdering spree and it was really something um, a, a, okay a did it cut out on uh, did you hear me? Guys, we're having a little bit of a problem, but don't worry. If anything, we'll I'll edit the 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 video. It's not a big deal with the audio. Um, the um, you know, people like you were saying, you were living it, and people don't understand that if you lived in that area when the Son of Sam shootings were going on, this people were really wigged out with this. This was like, oh, uh, yeah, scared. Oh, it was complete sweeping, sweeping terror. Uh, everywhere. I mean, I was a little kid. I thought Son of Sam was going to come knocking on my door, but I lived in Jersey at the time. So, but right. I was a kid. I didn't know, like, you know, but that was, right. you know, for, for that time, that was, you know, that was some, some big scary news. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. I heard that people were like, uh, it was like, everybody's looking at, okay, this is the type of person that's been shot. So don't look like that person that got shot. You know, people were like, really like, they started they dyeing get, their hair, yeah. Yeah, I heard about her yeah. wigs, and it was like, and, and, oh. yeah, it's one of those things that when you're a kid, still, you know, you, you you know, you see your parents or your adults around you wigging out, and you're like, okay. Yeah, and of I'm course, not. the Amityville Horror God that 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 took off from there. As far as so many versions of, you know, before, you know, the murders that the film murders, and then after 
afterwards. The yeah. things with the with the Amityville thing. So yeah, yeah I don't that's know a, why my yeah, I'm not sure why my parents allowed me to see that movie at that age, but uh, uh, they did. And um, you know what? The Jody the pig demon has never left my uh, my psyche. <laughs> you know why? Because I, I tell everybody. Uh, you remember back in seventy? Well, now you maybe remember I'm a little bit. I think I'm, I'm going to date myself, but I don't care. Back in '73, when The Exorcist came out, you know, you know, first it was like Rosemary's Baby, The Exorcist, The Omen, and you know, all these devil movies came out. But you remember yeah. when The Exorcist came out? That everybody was running around. Aah. You know, priests were getting, you know, the, the churches were getting filled, and people wanted to get, you know, exercised. I tell everybody, you know, why was it so scary? It was a well-made movie. But I think that it was a phenomenon, and no one had then, ever seen anything like that we at that time. Kind of innocent, yeah, yeah. When it comes to our movie, yeah. Well, it wasn't the genre that it is now, and no one had ever seen anything about a possession the, on film before. So it was like, you know, they literally had people were fainting and throwing up and no. passing out in the theater. Oh. Uh, they had smelling salts on hand to so to bring people back to, and it was it was you know it was such a phenomenon that even the um, director William Friedkin couldn't well, believe the, it was happening. Well, the 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 thing is that uh, people realized I don't know because think about it. Okay, it was a kid and and everything, and but yeah, I I heard. Uh, I mean, I went to the movies unbeknownst behind my mother's back. When I shouldn't have, I went with my her my her younger brother, which was my uncle and his wife, uh-huh. and I lied because otherwise she wouldn't have let me go to see it because already by then you know there was news stories. Right. But yeah, it was then after that you know when they came out with the Omen, and the Amityville Horror, and the all Omen, those types my, of movies. My mom let me watch the Omen too. Yes. Yeah, and then you know the <laughs> Omen, and that was another thing. You know that the thing of using um, a little kid in the Omen that was a first for like a you know a scary you know satanic theme yeah. kind of to use a little kid, a very sweet looking little boy. Mm-hmm. That was I want to say that was like that that creepy child thing you know in the movies like. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, yeah, that. But I think we were as audiences, despite all the our, our but the worst we got before that was Hammer Films, The Blob, and you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. stuff sure. like that. And it's true. everybody. Um, but yeah, it, it took off from there. And let me ask you: Have you had your own weird or paranormal experience, or is it something you just write about? Well, no. I mean, because the book, uh, the the book is called "Demons Among Us: Shocking Real Life Stories from the Paranormal," mm-hmm. uh, and the reason why I right. wrote it was because you know I, you know I I, I write my personal accounts, uh, as mm-hmm. well as a very um, very very little known, uh, very very scary historical account that took place in 1671, and um, <clears throat> and so the book is has my personal accounts. Um, you know the the, okay. the the top personal accounts. You know, like all the the ones with the wow factor. Uh, but yeah, I've have plenty plenty uh, paranormal. I like to call them like uh, they're, they're more demonic in nature than than sort of you know ghostly or haunting. Then the ghostly. Which, did they know, did you have anything as a kid or was it as an adult? Well, yeah. I mean, I have, so I have two firsts I like to talk about. And what the first, yeah, the first one was as a kid. And uh, Mm -hmm. this was, as we talked about, and growing up in New Jersey, and I was a little kid. And we had a two, we lived in a two story house. And on the, on the second, 
uh, story was the was like the TV room and there was a um, a laundry room there <clears throat> and my sisters were playing outside the laundry room and then all of a sudden um, this white large white ghostly hand comes out of the um, the laundry room and it it reaches out to to grab them they freak out and they they run up the stairs and I'm sitting at the stairs sitting on the stairs and so they they run up the stairs and they're crying bloody murder and you know my parent and my parents come down and of course they come down and look and there's nothing there okay well it was you know but it was you know it was scary enough to the point that we still talk about it whenever like we have thanksgiving or or you know it's like hey remember the yeah, <laughs> remember yeah, the creepy white hand <laughs> you know so it was and you, you know. know what this is let me ask you did you was this something that just happened all of a sudden after you guys were living there uh, or you had just moved in or what well, I mean, it, you know, it wasn't anything creepy about Did the house. Guys... It was the house that we we built it. My father built okay. the house with the family. And the family. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, um, and so uh, so it was basically it was our house from the ground up, and uh, so okay. it wasn't like okay. you know there are any witches on the grounds or anything. Well, like you that. know what you know you always hear sometimes people buy houses in their older houses and then later on it's like surprise. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. you get an experience yeah, like what you described. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you know what? But, sometimes yeah, also they say what happens on the land. Sometimes is you don't know what it is even when you build a house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but no, we were you know we were kids and that was uh, the first experience and um, the the one um, of my adult. You know, the adult story is uh-huh. much more sinister, much more, um, a lot scarier. And that was, um, <clears throat> I don't know if you know anything about my background, but I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And when okay. I first became a believer, um, mm-hmm. uh, one of the first experiences I had, and I knew nothing about prayer. I knew nothing about praying. I knew nothing about nothing. So okay. I'm fresh off the banana boat. And so I say... <laughs> All right, let me give this 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 pray, praying thing a shot, right? right? And I don't even know what it is. Talking to the air, I guess, right? Hey, that's and, um, for anybody looking at you, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so, and I, I'm like, I don't know. I, I get on my knees. I don't know. I, I guess okay. Mm-hmm. So I do that, and and I and I start to to pray, and then all of a sudden, I felt this presence enter the room, okay. and it was a very like dark dark presence that really? <laughs> entered the room and I feel it come up right behind my right ear and it stops right at my right ear. And I kind of scrunch my shoulder and kind of sh- shirk mm-hmm. whatever it was away okay. because I wasn't looking back. I can feel the, I could feel the terror coming off of it. Sure. Sure. You're like, do I really want to look? And I wasn't going to look back. And then all of a sudden spoke right into my ear and said, you might have gone to God, but you belong to me. I will never let you go. Um, you're mine. And yeah, and um, and and so, but and it wasn't the voice of you know what you see in Hollywood. These hoarse, scary, gravelly voices. This was an actual. This voice was actually very baritone, mm-hmm. very actually regal with authority okay. and very princely and silvery 
And so, but beneath that tone, you could sense this cunning evil. So it was like okay. this, this, this almost royal kind of voice with an underbelly or an undertone of cunning, manipulative okay. evil. And that's that's my my first adult experience. And I, did you? I bet did you keep start praying hard or harder? <laughs> right then. I think I got up and I said, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> <laughs> So I, it, listen, so I don't know if it was, you know, the, the actual Satan, the devil, or if it was a minion. I don't, I don't know. Right. Um, but I, I know okay. that it was, I know that it was demonic and I know it spoke directly into my ear <laughs> and I know. So let me ask you something in this place that you were living or what happened, this was the first time you'd ever had that, that or what? Well, that was, yeah, that was the first time I, I had that happen. Yeah, because, you know, and the reason why something like that happens is because when, whenever you, you set yourself up to become a believer in God sure. or accept Jesus Christ, you immediately have a target on your back because yes. you changed you changed camp from evil to good, whether you know you're right. in this camp of evil or not, which I did not know because <laughs> uh, right, I right, just, right. just live, you know, because you're deceived and you just don't know. And... And so I changed, changed camps and, you know, and Satan, demonic forces come immediately, uh, to try to, um, to, to detract get you back from into that. the, yeah. get you back in line over there. Yes. And so did, did you have any more experiences where somebody was trying to nudge you off the straight and narrow, uh, with Jesus or, or did they give up after that? Oh no, they never give up, and that's why I like that. Well, kind of whispering I, in the air, I'd be like, uh, "Yeah, yeah." No, part of the reason why I wrote the book, actually, "Demons Among Us." I don't know if you mm -hmm. see yes, the cover. There it is. The, yeah, okay. "Demons Among Us." Like, what it, the book is actually on uh, an answer to a string of nighttime assaults that I was experiencing at the hand of these demonic um, entities. Okay, and. Uh, and it was uh, it was my answer back because I, what I was experiencing was was midnight strangulations, taking my breath away and strangling me with steel, iron hands, gripping around my throat, um, evil whisperings, okay. biting biting scratchings, and you know the 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 weight yes. the the iron pressure on the on the chest you know pressing you into the bed and all these other kinds of similar experiences. And, uh, and so Demons Among Us is actually my answer um, to that because I said, okay, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna attack me, um, I'm gonna attack back, and I'm gonna, okay. the last thing that these things want is to be exposed, to have the light shown on them. And mm -hmm. so, and this is why I wrote the book was to kind of expose um, sure this type of uh, evil and to mm -hmm. alert to the fact of these principalities or powers or dark forces operating in the world around us that you may not be aware of, just like I was not aware of. Let me ask you, do you know what was the point of origin of those attacks? Or did they just start happening? 
Well, at the time, um, I was prayer leader in a um, held a high function. It was like an intercessory prayer leader um, at the ministry okay. of the church that I go to. And you know, when you when you operate at that kind of a level, mm-hmm. again, you get this target on your back because um, you know you're doing damage in you know to their realm or to their kingdom or to their government. And so, um, and they can't have that. <laughs> so, um, and so they attack uh, me and other people like me who who's set to task in that kind of um, level. I'm sorry, can there you say others, that again? There were others then in, in what, that you were working with, that you were praying with, that, that you guys at some point compared notes and realized you, you were having similar experiences? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so it wasn't at the time. It wasn't just me. Um, mm-hmm. And so after after that night, we we gather. We got together on Thursday nights. It was a Thursday night, and uh, afterwards, I, I uh, there's about twenty five, thirty people, and I said, uh, you know, uh, how many are experiencing these types of uh, these these attacks at night? And then one by one, all these hands start to go up. It was like thirteen in all. And so I got I got angry because it was like, you know, nobody wanted to come forward and saying they were experiencing these these attacks uh, because they didn't think they they didn't want anyone to think that they were crazy. And and so that was, you know, it was it was a mix between my experiences and knowing that all of these people were under under attack. Um, And that's the reason why I wrote the book was to. You know, just kind of shed the light. If if we're under attack, how many people other are out there that don't know that what they're experiencing is actually a spiritual or demonic uh, thing set against their life, whether it be you know severe depression, anxiety, suicide, and uh, or any of those things. These things are actually spiritual uh, in nature. Do you? Let me ask you. Did was there anybody that got scared enough after the? experiences that they stopped attending or did did everybody stick to it no 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 that's the thing is like you know, that's that's a you know you kind of look at that as like a it's a badge uh basically because you what you're doing is you're you're doing something you're doing you're 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 causing damage so you, they would not attack if you were not a threat so they were actually more encouraged to actually, you know, do, press in more, pray more, pray harder, uh, pray against more demonic activities. Um, and so it, it emboldened them more to know that the reason why they are being attacked is because they are a threat. But let me ask you, so everybody stuck to guns and you all continued to meet. And how long did this take place then? How long were you guys? I did this for years. I was like a leader for like, for like 12, 13 years. I functioned in that in that ministry in that role for like 13 years or so. And did you was it only auditory or did you ever see anything? Yes. Yes, there are times. A lot of the, some, a lot of the times, it's they're invisible assaults. But there are times when um, things they manifest uh, in the physical, and you can you can see um, certain entities. And I talk about it 
in the book. Okay. So, okay, so here you are. I, I asked you that you had never, you know, besides obviously the auditory and the sensations, if you had seen anything, did you ever actually see something or was it just the presence? Yes. There, well, there was one episode where, uh, and I talk about this in the book, it's, uh, okay. it's chapter three. Uh, and it was one of the most mm -hmm. harrowing experiences I've, I've ever experienced uh, at the time of the writing of this book. And, okay. and I had, uh, at the time I was, uh, I had, I was, uh, working at a newspaper in the marketing department and I was caught in a round of layoffs and which meant I, I couldn't no longer afford my apartment downtown. So I had to move out West. And so I moved out, uh, to a house, um, that was, uh, belonged to a family, uh, member that they just kind of left the, you know left the house and mm -hmm. uh, it was sitting for like six months and so when I showed up it literally looked like um, it literally looked like the monsters of the Adams family sh were living there because okay. <laughs> when I showed up yeah when I showed up like the, the, the it was a townhouse so all the grass was overgrown and then um, there were drifts of sand drifting in the you know in the driveway and the the, uh, the fence was you know, dilapidated, unpainted, unpainted and raw. And there was even, um, the door, the fence door was even like creaking was, in the breeze. Like it was, it was like everything you all the hallmarks of like a horror show and to make things even creepier was, um, it was a townhouse. So it had these two bay windows. Um, big so this was windows. like your typical haunted house. <laughs> Uh, well, it's the haunted townhouse, but it was, you know, so it had these, okay. these windows and they looked over the, the lot like these two vacant eyes. And it was very reminiscent to me of the Amityville horror, um, you know, uh, and so this was this was where I moved into. And um, uh, and so one night I was uh, uh, the the master bedroom was on the second floor. And so um, one night I'm trying to sleep. And uh, it's it's late, you know. It's in the middle. It's the dead of night, and uh, and all of a sudden I start smelling. I start smelling this really foul odor. Okay. And it smells like um, garbage and gaseous with a gaseous chemical kind of note. And I'm like, I get up, you know, something very rotten. And uh, I get up and I'm like sniffing around and sniffing around and then I, I go downstairs to um, flick the light on and check the garbage. There's nothing in the garbage. I check the garbage disposal. There's nothing there. Mm -hmm. And um, and I know it's not a dead animal because I smelled dead rat and dead animal before and it wasn't right. that. And, uh, and then I look up at the air vent and I'm like, hmm. And so I, I get on a chair, I put my face to the air vent and this rot is just breathing onto my face. Okay. And so, and I'm like, hmm. So I climbed down the chair and I cut the power to the utility box, <clears throat> get back okay. up on the chair and it's still, and now it's blowing out without any, without any power. Oh. And it's just blowing out on its own. And, um, and so, and I'm like, and I know I'm in for something that night. <laughs> So okay, I was gonna say that 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 must have been. And I'm gonna ask you: Were you alone in the house? I was alone in the house. Yes. <laughs> oh and so, God. 
yeah. So I go back upstairs and I'm like, all right, whatever, you know, whatever's going to happen is happen. So I go, right. go back upstairs and, uh, um, I go, you know, I'm trying to go to sleep and then it's about three thirty three in the morning mm-hmm. and, uh, I hear something call my name oh. and it's, you know, it says, Michael, it's like really slow and creepy and serpentine and I'm, uh, I'm looking over to the left and I don't want to, I don't want to look, I don't want to turn around, you know, I don't want to roll over. And, um, and it's, it, it sounded, uh, very close but yet very far almost as if it was like spoken from like a cave okay and um and so then i rolled over and so i see something flash like under my eyelids like a a shift in the light you know you could see underneath your Mm -hmm. eyelids you know and so and that's when i rolled over and i looked up and there's this figure looming over my bed and it's it's tall it's lanky it's it's black black cloaked and hooded and its head is cocked and I can see a semblance of the face and deep set in the cowl of its hood and it's got this broad smile looking down at me with its head cocked and and I'm I'm just frozen because this uh, I feel this waves of um this this waves and bands of like hatred black hatred pouring off of this thing. I can feel Uh it not only on my skin, but it's burning through my body like a boiling tar. And so this, this waves of, you know, hot, hot hatred and and fear or whatever. And it's looking at me. And then I look down and it's, and its hands were like nails and it was crawling slowly up my creeping slowly up my chest oh my god and i've had a lot of experiences but the reason why this was so scary is because this was the first time it's ever manifested itself in this in the physical and i can feel it as as real as any touch ever felt it you know its hand moving up my up my chest and and uh and i'm looking and i remember um looking down and i I looked at its its gown and its robe and um and it was crazy because it was as much as it was spiritual as physical because it was um it was 3d in every sense of the word like you could see me but as i looked at its robe and the robe was was pretty wild because it was it was bands of, um, it wasn't like tatters or anything like that, but it was like mm. neat, long, rectang- rectangular bands like the Florida blinds, right? Okay. And, and, but they were in layers. And so the blacker, um, it went from like dark gray to black. So the deeper the layer, the blacker it got, it was almost like looking into space. And it was moving with this watery motion just flowing like it was like underwater but you could see through parts of it which was very strange and i was like i remember thinking in this terrifying moment i'm like well that's got kind of beauty to its movement you know yeah it's like okay and, let me try to get something it's a weird thought to be going on in my brain at that time but uh so but let me was, were like, you hoping that when you moved it. were you hoping that when you had made that move that maybe you were gonna get 
not visit anymore? And no, what, no, I, I, that proof I that... <laughs> no, no, no. I, you know, okay. you gotta expect this is the kind of the the reality that I live that this stuff is gonna happen. So, um, and so, but this is you know this was the first time like it ever manifested itself okay. you know in that that okay. complete physical okay. form it was just lanky crooked shoulders staring down at me and you know its intent was obviously to you know to kill me because its hand was like a weapon <laughs> and uh and um and and that was and that was the ex that was that experience so, yes they they do manifest in the physical Okay, everybody, we're back. We're back because it seems, and I'm my my guests have. I mean, my audience has heard before when I call paranormal sabotage, which is where all of a sudden your electronics, everything has been working great until you start talking about certain subjects with certain people, and then everything goes sideways. And uh, Mr. was uh, explaining to me that that mm -hmm. that that has happened more often than not in other interviews so here we go let's go this encounter that you had that you were explaining that you had moved out there to this house and this is you're having mm -hmm. like you're actually seeing something which must have been terrifying by the way and you were like was, you're trying to like i see beauty in this but at the same time how did you um what's the word i'm looking for how did you handle that besides like running from the house tearing your hair out i don't know i would have i think well I, well okay so first of all like you have to, you have to understand up to that point i have lots and lots of experiences okay so i know this is you know even though this was the first time it had kind of manifested itself in such a physical presence right it wasn't my first experience and it wasn't my first rodeo all right um and so uh so i i know off the bat that these things are are demonic and in nature these got these are you know these are demons okay. in whatever form that they they choose to take and it was so this is the form that it it chose to take in this instance um and so but what it ha what happens is, is first they they it comes with like this paralyzing fear um and and because it's it, it's it it wakes you up or jolts you out of sleep so it's there's that part of the fear is that it just happens and you're completely you know asleep and jolted awake into this you know, into this crazy situation. So there's that fear. And then you, you kind of have, um, you know, you, there's a, there's a paralyzing power that they have too. So they kind of like take your breath away. So you can't cry out. They kind of like almost have the ability to kind of like freeze you there momentarily. Okay. Right. If that makes any sense. Right. So you're kind of like frozen for a second and right. then, um, once you kind of get your bearings together and finally um, able to speak, now these things have no no power for the believer, um, the follower of Jesus, because Jesus himself gives his believers power 
over these forces. And he says, I give you power to trample on snakes and scorpions over and over all the power of the enemy. So um, these are are no match for the power that's been granted to us and people like me over these dark these dark entities and demonic forces. So so what happens is when you're finally able to speak, you call in the name of Jesus, and these things just evaporate like a mist. It kind of like a, evaporated like a mist folding into itself, and and that was the end of that situation. So they didn't give up on you that quickly. I take it then. Um, did did the visits or the encounters lessen as time went by, or did it or would it just go through like you know no. peaks and valleys where they no would... there no it, yeah I mean it's you know as 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 long as you you know uh, as long as I am a, am a follower of Jesus a believer in God. Mm-hmm. These things are going to happen from time to time, so it's, it doesn't happen like every time, every night. Okay. But you, you know, you just go with the understanding that um, you know this is, you know, this is part of the walk. This is part of the, that faith walk, and you know, just know that you have an entity or an enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have demonic forces that are out that are against you. And um, they want no good for your life. Uh, in fact, that you know they come to steal, kill, and destroy, and that's their mission. And but uh, you know, but we have uh, in Jesus, we have more power. Oh, we have power over them. It's an incredible thing that you know you think about. Did you ever come to the point forces. though that you were like, okay? Because let me tell you something. That's got to be a horrifying experience. I mean, just one time. I can't imagine what it was like to not really not know when all of a sudden you're going to have like that, that thing that you were saying that all of a sudden you smell this bad odor coming out of your vent and then you, you disconnect the electricity and it's Mm -hmm. still blowing. It'd be like, you know, like that's, 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 you know, that's a psychological uh, effect. That's, that's, I got to imagine that after a while it's, it's, it wears you down to some point because it's almost like, is there coming to come a point where they're going to say, forget it. He's never coming back. You know, he's on that side. And <laughs> no, they don't, they don't stop. In fact, there's, there's reports like that even like when you're at, at death, they, they come at you even, even at death. So as long as you're, you know, you're living for God, as long as you're, you know, as long as you're, you're walking in faith, this is what you can expect. Um, but there's no, you know, there's, there's no, they don't have any power over you. Did but, you ever uh, feel yeah, that? It is, it, the reason why, and the reason why it is scary because they show up in the dead of night. Right. It's, it's, that. it's kind of like, yeah, to, 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 to catch you off guard, you know, cause you're most vulnerable. Did they ever, did you ever have encounters outside of your home, like in the car or at work or any other place? No, it, it's usually at, um, at night. And at this, particular instance it was 333 okay and they choose this three o'clock hour um I, I found out recently and i always wondered like why is it this always this three o'clock hour mm-hmm. 333 at this well that's um 
I found out that um, um, high Satanists and and witches, uh, high witches. I'm not talking about like you know poser witches. I'm talking about real real witches. Right. And um, and um, that's their prayer time is twelve, like at twelve to three, and they send out these demonic beings. They they send out. Um, you know, they send out these demonic prayers. Okay. These, uh, these demons go, and they think they do their bidding, but they, you know, uh, but uh, but that's the time. That's why they call it the witching hour, and uh, okay. and that's why these things happen at that time, partly. Let me ask you: Did you just out of curiosity? I know that you said you were, you know, that because of your prayer group, but did you ever come in the crosshairs of some? type of either uh witch or anybody that was into occult uh certain you know beliefs and they went after you personally do you think or this was just strictly because of what you were doing with your prayer group well that's that spirit that entity that showed up that was a spirit of witchcraft okay um so whether somebody was was um sending it out or you know or um uh, so witches uh, on assignment or whatever uh, against me. Um, but yeah, there's been, there's been, um, it's, and this is all like in the spirit, this is all spiritual stuff. So it's right. like, um, and so, but yeah, there's, there's, there's witches and there's, you know, Satanists praying against people like me all the time. And so, but yeah, I never was like in Walmart and someone like freaked out on me. No, nothing like that. But, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, oh my god. You no, know, but I have come out of like church and found like chicken bones and people really? trying to, you know, do some you know voodoo or yes. whatever, try yeah. you know things of that nature. So that stuff happens. Yes. But then, again, there's no power. There's no. They have no power. Right. You know? Right. And that's yeah. And oh, what was it? I can't remember. I was one time I saw one of these specials, and um, it was in some town. I want to say in the Midwest, somewhere, Wisconsin, Iowa, something like that. And um, there was a, a people that lived on this land, you know, this farmhouse kind of deal. And later on, they started having like a lot of paranormal phenomena happening in the house. A lot of it with a demonic slant, very sinister. Yeah. Later on, and they're trying to make head or tail like how did this happen how did this come about why why us why now later on they find out that apparently one of the neighbors uh, because this is an area like your neighborhoods are it's not like next to each other apparently Mm -hmm. was a witch and she just took a disliking to the man of the house the father Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. she had done some type of ritual against him and it took forever for them to figure out with the help of somebody else what the origin of it was but they mm. had a lot of really uh, bad and unusual things happening to them in the house. Um, yeah. And I think I want to say that at some point, I think they found, um, you know how these older houses, they're raised off the floor. They've got like a crawl space underneath. Mm-hmm. Basically where this person had gone there and had set some type of, um, I want to say object or something like a, something like with a curse, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um against them and prior to that they again they had they just couldn't understand why what was happening and what was the origins of it 
And that's why I asked yeah. you, yeah, like, had you made somebody <laughs> mad at you? And, and they're like, okay, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to let you have it. Uh, well, I mean, it's not even a matter of, of, um, you know, making someone mad at you. This is what's called, you know, it's spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. And so they know who the true believers are. They know who, um, who the true, you know, who's truly a threat to their, you know, to those, to that realm. Right. Right. Uh, I'm not making myself out to be like some, you know, kind of, you know, superhero in I'm just saying, but they, they know, and this is a spiritual warfare. So they know. And so they, you know, they, they get demonic knowledge and, um, and so, and then they can send it out against people and they send out prayers over specific areas, over specific neighborhoods, over specific cities. Let Um, me ask you, okay, now that you said that, did you have, uh, any type of, um, where you, you know how, like, like you said that they have occult activities, um, you mm-hmm. know, like when you mentioned that thing about the son of Sam's, I don't know if you've, you're familiar with that book, the ultimate yeah. evil. Uh, mm. I think it was more Terry or Terry Mori. I, I mix up his name that he had basically the book that he wrote was based on the f- belief that those murders was just not Berkowitz, that it was a group of Satanists who had carried out this, in other words, that there was uh, all this cult activity going on at that time in the area, sure. unbeknownst sure. to everybody. Uh, sure, it's deeper than yeah, it goes deeper than just Son of Sam, yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And that um, it was, you know, after you looked at certain aspects, you realized that okay, this this was not something that could be done by, by one person. It's a very interesting read on the book and the information he presents. Where you were living, did you have? Do you think that there was any type of cult activity or anybody doing black magic? That 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 why they would target you guys because that's pretty intense stuff that was being sent at you there. Well, you're you're talking about two different places. You're talking Son of Sam and everything like that. Well, I know, I know. What I'm saying is that sometimes (laughs) what was going on over there, nobody thought of that. You know, like you said, when the Son of Sam murders were going on everybody really just thought it was one guy running around killing people mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and then of course when mm-hmm. he came out with a thing that the dog told him and the dog barked and all that it was like oh of course right. but nobody right. really ever thought it was something beyond that a crazy guy you know a murderer right. but a crazy right. guy and that's why right. i was wondering where when you where you were at originally when you started having these experiences did you and i know sometimes like you said uh, religious groups or gatherings or anybody, they get targeted. But especially when there's a concentration of them, like they're like, mm-hmm. "Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna do exactly yeah. what you described. We're gonna give them a lot of grief." Were you aware of anything going on where you were mm-hmm. living at at that mm-hmm. time? Of any groups that? No, no. I just, I don't know of any specific groups, but I just know that these, these, uh, these groups that they. You know, knowing what I know, I don't know where they're at, but I know that they're they're around, right? Uh, And this is, they, they, they gather and they send out curses over the land and Mm, over people, you know, so I, I know, I know what they do. I don't know exactly where they are, Okay, but this is what they do. And it's not just my neck of the woods, it's. You know, it's 
they're and they're powerful, you know. But they again, uh, Satan power is no match for God power. Sure, of course, of course. But still, it's you know they 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 try their best. I mean, let's face it. They sure do. You need you need <laughs> everybody needs to sleep. You know, like I'd be like, yeah, yeah. But what you know, did... real real Satanists and real witches, you wouldn't know who they were. They, no, I know they, that. You know, I know that. They they, they blend yeah. in really well. Yeah. They right. they know how to blend right. in well. How's that? Yes, exactly. Absolutely, you would never know. Yeah, everybody thinks that they're running around with a black cape on. You know, like uh, eyes wide shut. And it's like I'm not saying that there's no. not ceremonies like that, but a, a lot of those psychopathic types, yeah, they 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 look really normal. They practice at it a lot. Right, and the, and the thing is, is like, yeah, because those are, uh, there was a, um, there was a book out called uh, "He Came to Set the Captives Free," written by Dr. Rebecca Brown, who was a high, uh, a high priestess as high as you can get mm-hmm. um, in Satanism, witchcraft at the time, and she was actually um, to be the bride of Satan, huh. right, um, and. Uh, so she she gets saved. She gives her life to Jesus Christ. She understands. She's you know she she the lights go on like you know oh my God what am right. I doing right okay. and uh, and and so now she's you know she's a target and but what she was talking about was you know the people who walk around you kind of you know walk around and you they look like they worship the devil or they look like they're witches. Those are the posers, right? Yeah, you know, the the real ones are very underground, and you would never know it, right? And, yeah, and this is something she kind of talked about in detail in, in that book. It was quite an eye opener, right? Because everybody thinks that the ones, you know, the goth type, you know, the ones that are wearing black and got the eyeliner on and stuff right. like that. And right. uh, yeah, after a while, you realize that's not going to do. You know, you want to you want to blend. You want to blend in. Yeah, that's that's low level witchcraft. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Let me ask you in that story. That's very interesting. About what was the catalyst? I mean, this lady sounds like she was in earlobe deep. What what happened? She that was, yeah, she was. I, I think she was raised. I think her her father was like a oh. like a, a head warlock. Oh, boy. and uh, so she was groomed as the bride of Satan, okay. and and uh, Satan himself would uh, would appear to her. Uh, and so she had real powers, and she talks about um, uh, witches' battles. This okay. is in California. She was talking about that there are witches' battles, mm-hmm. and but basically, like which witch has more power? And okay. then they were like, you know, transform into animals, things of that nature. And then, you know, someone would shoot a gun, and the bullet would stop. But these powers are not their own powers, these are demonic powers sure. by, that enable them to do these things. So it's not like who, which, which witch or warlock is stronger, it's like who has a stronger demon. Okay. And that's how it, and that's how it works. So they think it's their, you know, a lot of times it, it, their, their power is, is uh, under the operation of Satan and demonic powers. So uh, you you know I have heard of that that uh, that yeah that some of the some some groom their own children which you stop and think about it and that's a horrible thing though to grow up like that uh, under those circumstances. 
Right. You know, that, that, that's, that's, yes. that's gotta be a horrible thing for a kid. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, well, and, and, know, and let me tell you, uh, you're right. Talk about somebody getting a, a, a bullseye on them. She probably had a big one or still has one. I don't know where she's at, but yeah, that lady, well, it would, she must have been, I wonder, did she ever describe in her book what, what happened to her afterwards once she pulled herself out of that? Whatever, you know, it's like every time it the, the, the conversation starts going in a direction, man, they we were going along just fine. And then all of a sudden we started talking about this lady and how she was, uh, you know, groomed this child. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, is like, I was not, you were not there. And it's like, yeah. okay, there we go. Paranormal sabotage. Incredible to think. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you perfectly. That the this is keeps dropping, and you know, for anybody that's listening to this that thinks that when I say that I have not had a problem with my connections all day, it just to make it up to make it interesting. I'm absolutely serious. It's just one of those days that I got up today and I've been working on material all day long using the internet. I had not had not even a hiccup, a sneeze, a twitch until I started to speak to you. <laughs> and, you know, I'm laughing like like I am now because I dropped you again. Oh, crap. You had just finished saying the last yeah. syllable of that prayer. And all of a sudden, it was a bloop. It was like, okay. Yep. 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 Ah, you know what? So, hopefully it should be good now. <laughs> okay. So anyway, here we are fast forward, you know, when you're talking about this lady, but now you um you you know, you moved out west, you had you, so let me ask you up to this point, are you still uh, having these encounters? Have they slowed down or um do you or have you found like um like now? I'm this is a bad comparison, but have you realize you know when i'm engaged in certain activities which are going to be exposing or challenging to these dark forces that they like you know start intensifying their visits or their attacks on you or whatever I've- yeah i mean there's 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 levels of things that you know that they do it's harassment or oppression or depression or you know it's just make things very difficult you know they operate not only just in the in the air and and the atmosphere around us but they work through people okay um and so and people don't understand that they're they're actually um under the governments of uh of satan Mm -hmm. and lucifer and demonic powers if you're not under the governments of god you're under the governments of satan and you, you operate in his domain and you could be used by him without even knowing it. So, you know, people that, you know, uh, can harass and come through people and, you know, and things of that nature. Um, And, you know, but uh, one of of the more recent ones was uh, uh, before I moved out to where I'm at right now is at the the old house. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, not the one with the with, with, the, with my father's house okay. and, uh, and he had recently passed away and I was in his in his bedroom and I was cleaning out his closet and uh, came across like this old he didn't throw anything out so it was like this, this old warm green sweater 
I was there forever. And then I came across like a Miami Hurricanes T-shirt. Okay. And um, and then I was uh, that night. I was trying to go to sleep, and I just sensed something kind of like enter my room. And I look up, and it's my father, or something in the appearance of my father. You know, and so to give you a visual, my dad looks a lot like Danny DeVito. Okay. The short Italian guy, kind of, you know, <laughs> right, right, round right. Italian guy, and um, and he's wearing the green sweater, and so I'm right off the bat, I know it's demonic because my dad would never be, would never have been wearing that sweater. It was tucked away for like twenty years. Right, it's like yeah, what like when we were talking about and something you put was, away in the closet and forget about. Yeah, yeah. And so, and I'm like looking at this thing, like at the, my father, we'll call him my father. Okay. So I'm looking at my father in the corner of my eye, very, very suspicious. And he's holding the Miami Hurricanes uh, t-shirt it's folded up. And I'm just, I don't say anything. I'm just looking at him and he comes walking toward me. And then he kind of leads in for, to give me a hug. And, and I'm laying down. So, and like, I don't hug back, but he comes in for this hug, this awkward hug. And as he peels away and pulls his head back, his face is before mine and the edges are melting off like, um, like, like a cigarette paper. Like it's just kind of burning backwards. And there's this skull like um, image and the eyes were like gleaming yellow globes boring into me, trying to create this fear in me. And, um, and it was, it was, it would have horrified anybody. Um, oh, and boy. it was, it was terrifying, but I, I knew from the get go that it was, it was not my father. <laughs> so it wasn't as frightening as it tried to make itself out to me. Oh, I imagine it sounds like, I hate to say it, but it's like your old hat at this. Did your did you have any siblings who ever had experiences of this type at all? No, because they, you know, the the devil loves his own, so he doesn't show up like that. Okay, okay. Now, I was just wondering if you know, and you know, uh, <laughs> like, 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 let me pick on his family. You know, let me, let me feel the pressure, and I'm going to give grief to his to his family oh like they will do that from time to time yeah it's kind of like they they play very dirty you know they kick where you're down they they mess with your family when they have their family you know mess with you harass and instigate you they don't even understand what they're you know the spirit that they're operating under but it does happen from time to time but um yeah but uh but no they don't they don't have these experiences because they're not uh they're not believers let me ask you, do you, have you ever had anybody come to you for help, like somebody that is starting to go what you've already gone through and they've come to you for help? Well, all these shows a lot. So if I, I get, you know, call-ins and, and people or like I'm being harassed. This mm-hmm. thing is pulling my hair out. It's wrecking my home um, and things of that nature. And so I get people, the, the book has done like a very incredible thing where it's, you know, and the reason why people don't don't talk about this stuff is because, or, or what's happening to them is because they don't want people to think they're crazy. Of course not. 
so I tell people like this stuff has been happening since the dawn of time and it's, you know, you're not crazy for experiencing these things. And, and to me, it's more natural than not. And, um, and so, uh, you, you know, I, I, you know, so I pray for these people and, you know, and I, I tell them, you know, uh, what they should do. And then, you know, a lot of these times when they're experiencing, um, you know, levels of, of demonic entities or whatever, uh, if they're not a believer in Christ and they're not a follower, then mm-hmm. that my, my next question is, are you tampering with things of the occult? Okay. Meaning, you know, tarot cards, uh, spiritists, necromancy, and calling up the dead, witchcraft, and things of that nature. Uh, and at first they're reluctant. Well, I did, and then I have right. to get, you know, ask them again. And then they kind of like, you know, come clean. And, and a lot of times people are tampering with the, with the occult, which opens up the doorway right. uh, to these, to these demonic harassment, oppression, uh, harassment, and, uh, you know, keep tampering with it long enough is the most extreme form is possession. So, um, but yeah, these people like they're, they, uh, they they reach out to me um, because the the book has made them comfortable um, right. to reach exactly. out exactly exactly people sometimes feel like you described very isolated because number one they don't want the stigma attached to them of either being crazy or that person and I think it helps right. when you read or hear whatever okay this has happened to other people there's a way out of this somehow right yeah. exactly. Because yeah. if not, um, I, I I could I could see where somebody that finds themselves in this scenario, especially if the type of visitations that you're talking about, where they at some point it's got to, you. They might even contemplate suicide because I can see where yes. somebody that doesn't see how I'm, I don't see an end to this, or how am I going to get out of this? Um, yes. Well, this is what I talk about in the book. Is the book has a couple of different sections, and one of the sections is. Um, uh, it talks about the various spirits, uh, just some of them, uh, that operate in the in the spiritual, in the atmosphere without people knowing it. And, you know, fear is a big one. Is it's And people don't realize that there are spirits of fear, okay. um, spirits of anxiety, and there are spirits of suicide. Sure. Um, it's just like there's spirits of greed and spirits of gluttony and spirits of all, all kinds of things sexual, um, lustful spirits and, and things of perverse spirits and things of that nature. Uh, while there's, you know, people suffering, um, with the desire to commit suicide are under the influence of a suicidal spirit. Okay. Um, and this is what, what people don't understand is you don't have to be visited by, by horned monsters or demonic beings. Um, you might not ever see anything, but the operation in the, spe- in the in the atmosphere or the spirit realm around you, there is you may be influenced by it and not even know it. Right. And so right. there's that's why I wrote the book was to open the eyes of people to understand that these things are operating and functioning um, all around us. Right. This is not and like something. Not, you may not be aware. Right. In other words you might be being manipulated without realizing, yeah. you know. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You may be also 
operating under its governance and not even knowing about know about it. Okay, right. You're because th- and that's one of the things, uh, and I've talked about it on some of my other shows, which is everybody thinks of these types of attacks as like the Hollywood version, the Exorcist, you know, all these movies that right. people, you know, f- right. furniture flies across the room, and I think sometimes it's much more subtle and insidious, for lack of a better word, as far as how it yeah, works. Because- and yeah, because the, the reason, yes, and exactly, and that's why I wrote the book, because what you see in Hollywood is extreme forms. It makes for great entertainment, sure. right? Um, but then there's the everyday. How do these demonic spirits operate in the everyday lives of individuals like you and me? Exactly, exactly, and, and a lot of people. how they work. It, right. They work. Yes, yes. And some people, because and, and they're they're trained, like you said, by Hollywood, it's like, yeah, unless right. it's fantastical, uh, you know, extreme, over the top, um, things of right. this nature, they, you know, I, you know, I've heard of people that it's little by little, you know, isolation, you know, it doesn't like go from one yeah. zero to yeah. sixty, and right. you know, it starts to unravel somebody's life or mental stability incrementally that's right and uh, exactly exactly and they're patient they're patient yeah, don't sure. wait don't wait your lifetime <laughs> oh yeah no that there's nothing right exactly some people um and i've said you know some people sometimes because of what you described they start engaging in occult stuff even if it was years ago like or like you know when people say oh i did stupid stuff when i was a teenager or they were not actively and right. it's seen as an invitation but that invitation might not be taken up for years. All right. Yeah. So. Well, this is what I tell people is like um, that it opens a doorway. Now, people don't think of it as like an invitation, like, hi, demons, come on into me. Sure. Like, it's that's not the invitation, but the invitation, it's, it's seen as an invitation, not by the person who's dabbling. It's seen as a, um, as an invitation by these demonic spirits, meaning that if you were to um, to cast the demon out of somebody or to try to expel the demon, uh, it would say something to the effect like, well, I belong here. This one's mine. I was invited. Right. And meaning that their use of, um, you know, use of a spell or or dabbling with the tarot cards or or spirit mediums or or things of that nature uh not knowing that that is seen as the invitation you open the door in the spirit realm for these things to access your life and that's why it's seen as an invitation not by the the user by the demonic powers right in other words just because you don't see it as an invitation doesn't mean it wasn't taken as one. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, it's one of those things where, you know, you tread a very fine line when it comes to things of this nature. Um, what do you... Have you ever met... How can I say this? Have you ever met anybody that when you meet them, you go, this person... I don't want to say possessed because that's a really loaded word. But either somebody that's um, either, I don't know, if you want to say oppressed or obsessed, yeah. that you can yes, tell when you the meet time. them. Yeah. Yeah. 
All the time, yeah, yeah, because um, it's called the like God gives you a spirit of discernment, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you can discern what's going on uh, with somebody or what they're, you know, what they're uh, influenced by. Okay. And it happens all the time where it's like, you know, you know, I know immediately if somebody's a, a you know, practicing witchcraft. Okay. Because you'll, it, it can't, now this is, we're talking about very, very highly spiritual stuff here. Okay. So, and how you hear from God and how you receive it from him in the spirit. Okay. So it's, you know, um, you'll know immediately because it'll hit your spirit like a hammer, like witchcraft. <clears throat> like it's, you know, so to the believer or the follower, it's given very, very starkly. Okay. Um, at times what, what people deal with and especially witchcraft, like, and all, that's all you'll hear is witchcraft. Boom. And uh, you can feel it like a hammer inside of you. I can't explain it any other way. Okay. But, it, uh, for those who are followers of Christ and believers who believe God in a very, very deep level will understand what I mean. Um, the message is given very, very sharp and very clear. Do you think that some people, um, because I, that you, that, let's say you've looked into someone's eyes and you're thinking, boy, this person looks human on the outside, but there's something else oh, yeah. in the driver's seat. You can see darkness. Right. Yeah, you can see darkness in people. Yeah, all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very apparent. Yeah, like you could see darkness in people, um, and uh, you could you could see a lot of things in people. Yeah, but you could you could sense darkness on people. You can see darkness in people, and it's usually you know you can look in the eyes, and uh, nine times out of ten, kind of you know. <laughs> No, there's something going on there for sure. Yeah. Have you incorporated any of your experiences into your writing? I mean, like fictional stuff, or do you think it's tinged uh, well, somehow? With the, well, well, with demons among us, um, these are my own, you know, my own personal accounts, my own historic, the the historical account is mm-hmm. that's in there was the first fully documented eyewitness account of demonic possession in American history, and it okay. happened. Uh, they're 20 years before the Salem witch trials. Okay. And um, and the reason why it's the first fully documented account was that uh, the story takes place between the town minister, small of a very very small town in Massachusetts, um, and uh, it's 1671. So okay. basically, Massachusetts was freeze. So these okay. people. <laughs> And uh, town minister takes place within the town minister and the 16-year-old maid or maid servant who lived with him mm-hmm. uh, for a couple started shortly after she started to live with him. And okay. she started to manifest signs and that he thought were, were, were quite strange or uh, curious. And so he found it... Um, uh, alarming enough to take to his journal he started writing a blow by blow for 90 days what was happening to this girl and um it, you talk about you know true horror this was as horror as it gets and um this girl started exhibiting some very she was 
um, she was she was inspired and and she was under demonic assault and she was um, going through some very 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 bizarre bizarre experiences. Um, I don't want to give away the book. Okay, no, but no, I understand, but that's so. I, I'm listening to you with rapt attention. It's like, oh, um, yeah. I mean, very, 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 very severely, highly demonic attacks uh, that this young girl was experiencing, and he was writing them down in his journal. And uh, some of the things that would happen, she started, um, you know, she started exhibiting like uh, she would, she would get under attack, and she would start screaming and roaring like through the house and they would try to like pin her down with three or four people. And she had like the superhuman strength. And they talk, this is a 16 year old girl. Okay. This is, this is not, right. this is not uh, a monster. This is a, the reason why it was so, um, it was so impressive to them was because this was a young girl. She did not have the capacity, the strength of like 20 men. <laughs> so, right, right, right. And, you know, and it happened a couple times. A couple times, she she tried to, um, she tried to throw herself in the fire. Uh, wow. She, and uh, she, and there's a scene in the book where um, she was told to go kill the the minister, and uh, so she takes a blade, and uh, the devil puts a blade in her hand. And he's, this is he's showing up physically. Okay. And he says, puts a blade in her hand and commands her to go, go and kill the minister in his sleep. So she starts walking up the stairs with this blade, and uh, by by providence, he wakes up and he appears at the top of the stairs. And she hides the blade behind her back, and he's basically like, "What are you? What are you doing?" And she snaps out of it, you know. Right. And um, so there's some very, very, very sick scenes in there. I, I want to say very disturbing scenes of what had happened in, in the story. And then the reason why it's in the book is because it was, you know, it was, um, it was so little known uh, and lost in history that. Yes, uh, I never heard when of I that. Was, when I found it, instead of peeling away the onion mm -hmm. uh, and found all that was there, uh, it was it it needed to be in the book. And no, the that, that that that's you know told. right, and and you're absolutely right. I had never heard of anything that, that even similar. You know, as of course, you know, everybody's more than familiar with the you know the Salem witch trials and everything that took place, mm -hmm. and you know that's the one mm -hmm. that everybody thinks of as as far as the colonial, you know. Uh, yeah. that time period has is, always this been is, yeah this is more harrowing to me in my opinion it's more harrowing <clears throat> because this was you know this girl was was under some serious assault you know right well and and, and I've heard and this is a th I mean I think I know the general info information that most people know but you know, I've heard from various that uh, as far as the Salem witch trials and why they went as far as they did that sometimes that there was more adults in there you know as far as trying to take property versus my point being versus what you're describing that there was more of a how can I say there was something more going on beyond the surface than these young girls claiming that you know that they were getting attacked 
that uh yeah well I, it started off in um talking about the salem witch trials it started off in uh, the ministers on samuel Parrish, i want to say his name. and his kids were experiencing some things like blowing up nails and things of that nature and i believe that it it started out as like a a, a real kind of like a demonic activity mm-hmm. um and then i think people kind of just started to seize on the opportunity to right. kind of throw their neighbors into the bus right. uh, because they had, you know, their property. Right. They, they um, would forfeit. They would, these, these people that were accused would yeah. forfeit their properties. Yeah. 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 And if you haven't read the, the, the actual transcripts, these court transcripts are heartbreaking because there's people in there, you know, an 80 year old godly woman right. is accused. And when they come to her house and they tell her that, that, um, Sarah Good had accused you of being a witch. I mean, literally, she almost fell fell down, and she would fell down in shock and horror because a, it, it's not who she was, and b, the accusation was so searing mm-hmm. that it would have been better to be called a murderer. <laughs> right. Well, this is the thing. I think that when you read uh, these, were not people that that you could say, well. Maybe they weren't in league with the devil, but they were doing risky, you know, they were involved in risky. All these people were, up to then, upstanding part of their communities, and it seemed like yes. all it did, all that was necessary was for this young girl to point the finger at them, and whatever type of life they might have led up to then didn't matter, because they immediately fell under suspicion, and I hate to say it, that was it. That's all it took, in other words. And I think what yeah, what it is all took, and- yeah. It just all took, and Ann Putnam wrote in her diary that that she, you know, she made it up, and that that yes. uh, Mercy, uh, I want to say like Mercy Lewis, um, she was she, she wrote stuff like you should have slipped a Mercy today, you know, in court, and you know she really kind of put it on, and she was in shock that the that the court actually believed their performance, right? You know, and right. so there there was a measure of that, but. I, I, again, I think that it, it started off as a real thing, mm-hmm. um, and then you, you had these, you know, uh, for some reason or another, these kids or these young girls just started accusing upstanding citizens oh, you of know, their village. You would think at some point that the, the, the elders, if you want to call them that, they would have told these girls, you need to go home and, you know, we, you got a problem. And they just let them run the show and it makes you think that they were that they were being utilized. It was like, wow, okay, we could do something with this. And what was it? I think it well, stopped, what was it, after they accused the governor's wife or something like that, somebody of importance? Yeah, yeah, so that it was how it always happened. But, okay, so so the, the minister that I talk about in the book, his name is Samuel Willard, it was because of his, his experience with the girl I write about uh-huh. in the story, um, it was this experience that he had which qualified him to be part of the Salem witch trials. Now, okay. he was, um, he was, uh, it, it was, um, he, his mentality was very, very moderate for the time because he, he was arguing against the trials. He was trying to stop them. Okay. And he was revolutionary for his time because, you know, they wanted to, you know, she's a witch. We're going to have to kill these people, you know. And um, so, but his thinking was, 
and he argued this in court, um, okay. that they wanted to admit spectral evidence. What? Um, meaning that the astral projection or the spirit of so-and-so was attacking, let's just say, um, um, uh, nurse, goody nurse or whatever, uh-huh. uh, whatever. And, um, and so they were saying that it wasn't them attacking them in physical form, but they were appearing in a spectral form. Now they wanted to allow the spectral evidence. And so Samuel Willard, Minister Samuel Willard, stands up and says, listen, you can't allow, this is not sufficient enough evidence to convict on a witchcraft crime, a capital crime right. worthy of execution, because it, this, this does not stand up as proof. Because if you admit this, they're going to see they're going to see witches every under every ox cart and sure. cornrow in the in the colony. Yeah, of course, right? And so this was his thinking that that actually um, he he tried to stop you know he tried to stop the trials. Well, obviously it didn't work, but it, and and this is and you know you think back to those times. And those were the times where children were like, it was like that, that, you know, what was that saying? Seen and not heard and things. That's why it makes it so incredible that so much mm-hmm. power was turned over to these girls where it was like, you know, you didn't have to be that intelligent to realize there's, there's more going on here than, you know, why are these girls accusing? And it just got so out of hand that anybody, I imagine people must have thought, I think I'm going to leave town until these girls calm down. Because well, anybody, they could point the finger at anybody. We can't get swept up. Oh, sure. Well, it's funny because, you know, you got to understand that when there's something of this nature going on, mm-hmm. there was a hysteria, a wave of hysteria. Now, we all like to think that we would, we would not be, we like to think that we were so smart that we would yeah. never get washed up in some hysteria. Well, 99% of the nation just did. Oh yeah, by putting yeah. their masks on. Yeah, no, a lot, so. a lot of people don't realize. I, I know that uh, when people look at that, like you said, through the lenses of present day, you go, "God, that would never happen now." I uh, want to bet, and not yeah, maybe so not it. exactly that same exact scenario, but where right either through fear or stupidity, what else could there be? Or no, it's hysteria. You know, or hysteria, or hysteria. fear of. Because I'm thinking, mm-hmm. okay, if, and which is I think what happened also, where if you dissent, you could be the next one on the chopping block. So it's like, okay, I just, yeah. you know, uh, I'll pretend I'm scared yeah. just so that I don't get my the finger pointed at me. That kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's, yeah. Not because you're really, really scared. How's that? You know, not not because you're like, oh my god. Uh, it's like, you know what? Let me just go with the flow because the last thing I need is, you know, to be, you know, yeah, pointed out as you. You're not. You're not. You know. You know. You're not going with the with the program here. And yes, of course, absolutely, right. absolutely. And I tell, as a matter of fact, that you know, the, yeah. the, um, my shows. I say, you know, here we are in 2023, and. I tell everybody, I remember back in the December of 2019, I remember it so clearly because my mom, who was 93, passed away 
December 28th. Mm. So, I re- you know, when you have certain events in your life that you remember distinctly what was going mm-hmm. on at that time period. Okay. And mm-hmm. I said that back then, right there at that cusp between 2019 and 2020, there was just no way I think anybody could have imagined what was rolling in towards everybody. No. And I think that if somebody would have said this was going to happen the next two years, I would have said, no, no, that's, that's not possible. No way. Nobody's going to go for that. And I was like, yeah, sure. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people had a big waking up as far as what human nature is all about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think everybody Mm -hmm. got a good lesson on that. And they're still, still yeah. Are. Well, you could <laughs> you could see what what fear, uh, how controllable people are through fear. Yes. And this is exactly what was is, this is a design, but you could see exactly like how 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 controllable people can be through fear. And I've always wondered how the heck did these Nazis get all of these people to do these things? Well. I want to say and now I know. <laughs> well, no, you know what? It was it was a a big. How can I say? It was more a psyop, I think, than anything else, to get people to to be so. I don't want to like you said, manipulated or fearful. Like you know, when you let some mm-hmm. people, a person's imagination run wild, sometimes they do more damage than if you actually showed them consequences. And yeah, yeah. It, it was like a big psyop where people were. I, I I can understand at the beginning where everybody was unsure, and then when it just grew, it was like people. It was like, man, what happened to everybody's backbone? Hello, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So yeah. Was, I fought with I fought with people everywhere. Everywhere. I never wore a mask, by the way. So it was like um, I I I knew it was. I won't tell you how I knew mm-hmm. it was bullshit from the beginning, but I knew it was bullshit, and um, not that there wasn't a virus. Sure, but that the fear being, but that the fear that was being promulgated was BS, and um, and so I never wore a mask. And you want to talk about people freaking out? You, you, you oh, know. I know. I, I, mean, I, it's crazy. I, I fought with I fought with doctors. Fought, no, well, you <laughs> I know what? With, I fought everywhere. <laughs> I I personally now even now, I've gone to concerts and places with a lot of people. And you see people wearing masks, and I'm like, "What are you doing? If you are, are really, you if you really believe that you need to, what are you doing here in this place full of people? I'd be sitting at home listening to the music. If this really concerned you so much that you think I need to wear a mask, you would. If that was what my concern was, you wouldn't get me like nowhere near uh, an event full of thousands of people. So there's, it's right. almost like oxymoronic, you know, uh, what they do." Versus like, okay, you're scared, but you're not scared enough not to not come to an event. If that's, I don't know. I don't get it. I see that. And, you know, and I'm sure everybody's seen people sitting in their car by themselves with a mask on. It's like, oh, my God. It's like, that drives me crazy. What do you think's going to happen to you? That drives me absolutely crazy. First of all, all you need to do is read the box. And the box yes, says that the mask does not It doesn't do work. anything for you. It doesn't. It was, it was, <laughs> no, um. Like, What's what's you know, the, like? Why is it like? Why don't they just read the box? Because everybody, I want to say that <laughs> in some cases that became like a talisman, you know, that has powers beyond a religion. 
um, be, beyond like, okay, whatever everybody, everybody thought. It's like, if, if I wear the mask, you know, it's like, okay, that doesn't work that way. This is not, the mask is not a magical item. You know, it's not going to. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. I'm going to tell you, the only persons that I really, really give a pass to is I've seen some very elderly people nowadays still wear it. And I'm, and I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? I give them a pass, even though it doesn't, but I can understand where they've, in their mind, they, they, they need to do this. And that's the only people that's like, ah, whatever, you know, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Whatever. Yeah. But yes, I, yeah. I, I I've seen that. Uh, masked up our toddlers are three or four years old. Yes. And you've got your kid masked up like a, yes. you know, Yes. Uh, it's just this is it was what we lived through was absolutely uh, astounding. Yes, it was. It was you know, and um, you know, luckily for us, we were in Florida. Where it was, Thank God. Yes, thank but, God, the land of freedom. Yes, and, and you know, and I and 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 you know, I have friends, you know, in different parts of the United States and mm. things like that. Plus, you know, just watch the news, and it's like, what in the world is going on? And and. Um, I'm thinking it's something like what you said, and I'm going to, I'm going to go into what, you know, the medical field. I'm one point I was like, how did all these psychopaths get to be doctors and nurses? I don't get this. You know, how'd this happen? I know. Um, I, it, it was so like so many levels of so many things of like ages, people trying to keep their jobs. Yeah. Um, and then, well, uh, and I thought the same thing too. So I, I did some research on like the Holocaust, you know, mm-hmm. and and this was very, very akin to Nazism. Right. Uh, and and so I was like, well, how do you get these doctors to do this? Well, you know, in the Nazis, and back at that time, they had doctors who were willing to put um, people to death, um, euthanize, you know, uh, 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 handicapped people. Right, right, um, right. They were they were like euthanizing. People that were, yeah. yeah, with with some type of handicap or impairment and things of this nature. Yeah. But you know what? And so they they got up to do it, and it was the same exact thing. There will be people willing enough to comply, whether you're a, a doctor or what. No, but you, I can understand where you get yeah. some that it's like, okay, they snuck in and whatever. But there was, I was surprised at how many number of nurses and doctors. Um, working in the hospitals and everything were not treating people, uh, you know, for what their vaccination status. And I was like, what happened to your Hippocratic oath? Hello? What, what, where did that go? And I was like, wait a minute, right? This, there's something wrong. There's like, you're, you're like a died in the wool psychopath. You might be supposedly in the medical field. I don't care what you call it, but, um, and I, I, I totally understand about people wanting to keep their jobs, but. I heard many, many stories of uh, medical staff going that extra mile just to be like, like. Uh, in other words, I had I had even heard stories of uh, local hospitals like, hey, if you're not if you're if you and if you can't show proof you're vaccinated, you're not gonna get you might not get treated, or they might treat you rough at that. Right. If you need to go into the emergency room, and I think a lot of people. I should have gone in to get medical attention, emergency or otherwise, just didn't because they were scared. They were scared of how they were going to get no, treated. Absolutely not. I mean, it really created this distrust of uh, yes. the whole medical community because oh, yeah. it was like, all right, you're going in for a motorcycle accident and you're tagging me with COVID? Yeah, everybody, <laughs> everybody, everybody that. And I think that, and, that, and that's the part I don't understand, which is like 
most average people, um, even prior to this, you know how they would always give out these yearly numbers of people that had died of the flu, all right? Right. Whether they were comorbid. It, the flu was, and I remember that, you know, they would have these, um, you know, get your flu shot and all that stuff because so many people did die of the flu. And sometimes they had other things going on, but whatever. All of a sudden, nobody was dying of the flu anymore. <laughs> it was like, okay, so what happened yeah. to the flu? Nobody dies of that anymore. Because they were calling it COVID. <laughs> Right. I, I couldn't understand that. It was like, wait, okay. So every every death that has these symptoms, no longer the flu just evaporated? And that's the part I couldn't understand, like where people were in question. Or some people questioned it and they were like, okay, what do we do? I think it was just new territory for so many people. And they yeah. were unprepared that they were going to get it from all sides. <laughs> I think that's what happened to a yeah. lot. And, uh, yeah. It was not good. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've heard that now they are looking at, and I've seen that. I, I've seen it for a while where they, you know, they've, they've, they've uh, pushed, you know, first they started with the teledoc medical, you know, where you could um, basically do like a doctor's visit uh, via video, right? But, yeah, like a Zoom thing, yeah. Like a Zoom thing. And, you know, so I can see where there's moments where it's something minor, or you could say, okay, mm-hmm. but but that the, the push that it's going through is for the visit not to be with your you know your doctor or your PA or whatever, but with uh, AI. AI will be the one that will be doing the that you'll be talking to and describing your symptoms. Uh, for wow. the, uh, that that that's where that's the push eventually. Like in other words, that's the ultimate uh, aim of this. But they can't go there right away. So it's more like, well, let's let's push the teledoc, which I've seen that very much so. Um, the teledoc, 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 and then pretty soon the person, well, not the person, whatever, at the other end of the visit is not the doctor or nurse or somebody. It'll just wow. be. Wow. So basically like the grooming people yes. to kind yes. of form them into the idea of, the, the AI diagnosis. Yes. And, and by the way, they're doing that also with a lot of the mental health services. You, there's a lot wow. of mental health services now where instead of, let's say, you going to see a therapist or a counselor, you know, in person, uh, basically it's the same same idea. We're going to do it on, via video or on the phone. And then eventually, yeah. you know, the one that the person you're going to be talking to or the entity or whatever, I don't want to call it because it's not a person is AI. And of course, you know, they try very hard and I'm sure they're working feverishly in some laboratory somewhere to make the voice and even the appearance very human-like. That kind of thing. Oh, yeah. So that people, oh, yeah. because we as humans, we kind of like, we kind of fall for it kind of thing. So We do. I just watched this whole video on someone sent me about clones. I don't know. I don't want to get too far into this, but like, you know, there's people out there with clones there's a cloning there's a cloning um company mm-hmm. and there's people out there uh who are clones and they're saying that uh george w has like 10 clones and i've heard of that but you know and, what i was surprised uh, at and yeah. i didn't know this that this by the way it was like okay that now it's very commonplace and of course if you have the money to clone a pet you know, there was that movie, that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, the, the, the mm. God, I can't remember. It was a clone theme, but this was like 25 years ago. And the whole, yeah. it starts out where they're trying, they're, they're, they're squabbling about whether to clone the pet, the family pet, 
because then right. I was like, and I want to say about a year ago, I started reading up on it. It was like, okay, no, you can do that. A lot of bunch of stars and celebrities and people obviously with the money have had their pets yeah. cloned. Like this is very, and I was like, okay, well, boy. And I was like, okay, well, that's that's how it all starts, you know. And of course, I think, well, I think we're so far advanced that we don't even know. Oh yeah. If you're if you're cloning pets. We're way beyond that, sure. beyond that, behind the scenes. Right. And and I have heard that you know with uh, you know that the the CRISPR you know that genome editing, uh, mm. you know that, that that there are some people in the field that are saying, hey, you know, we there's got to be a limit, you know, there's got to be a stopping point on the. On what? In other words, just because we can do it doesn't mean we should. Well, there won't be. There won't be a stop because um, there's no because because man doesn't know any limits. Well, well, the thing. How can I say? How can I say it? Unfortunately, a lot of this is always couched at the beginning as a we want to try to help some disadvantaged person, animal, plant, world, (laughs) you know, landscape. That's how it's yeah. introduced, and of course, all most human beings, which are not psychopaths, which most of us are not, are like, "Oh, okay, you know, yeah, that sounds great." Of course, yeah. <laughs> we fall for it all the time. Well, Next thing you know, I the, yeah, <laughs> I call the creaking door system syndrome. You have to know that, um, you know, that's how they're that's how they're trying to get their foot in the door. No, the foot's in. The foot's yeah. the foot's been in for a while. <laughs> Right, yeah. exactly. So it's like that's what I always introduce. Like, oh, we're trying to help your children. Yes, well, who yes. doesn't want to help them? But then the, the whole, but then there's a whole other agenda behind it. But then, of course, you know. But that's the creeping door. That's how they. That's how they get that door open. And you have to know that that's the nature of man. That it's not going to stop right there. It's just unfortunately, not. It never has. It unfortunately, never not. And the thing is that. You know, nowadays, whether it's a government, a university, or a private corporation that can run a laboratory in any place of the world where there's nobody, no, any type of oversight, they can basically do or develop things in their lab as far as, let's say, what we're talking about, the cloning or gene editing Mm -hmm. or whatever, uh, that kind of deal. And, of course, a lot of this, and I'm sure you've heard, oh, well, you know what, we could do gene editing where we can get rid of all these uh, genetic type of diseases uh, so that a child will mm. be born because that's how it's introduced but it's like okay what basically you're trying to manufacture is this perfect type of human which of course only somebody that has a lot of money or status will be able to produce this perfect child and then us us normal people <laughs> with all the good and the bad right. you know right. we're going to we're going to be obsolete and yeah I'm, well, that's how it is. <laughs> well, and now that we've gone down the yeah. sci-fi rabbit hole, you know, and it's we funny. Went down the, we absolutely went down the rabbit hole, but it's, you know, the stuff is out there. You yes, know? it is. It is. And and you know what? Once upon a time, I hate to say this, that would have been like sci-fi, like, wow, that dystopian kind of future. That's like, wow, Blade Runner, you know, one of those deals. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, no, it's not as uh, sci-fi-ish as we would want to think. Yeah, I mean, well, once you know, now that we're now that life had become, you know, sci-fi is actually here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's one of those uh, things. You know, sometimes you know we had the movies like Back to the Future, where it was the future, and it was like that. That never happened. You know, like the, yeah. the 
And then there's others where, the man, Jetsons. they were pretty close on the money. <laughs> with... Well, look how close the Jetsons were. Well, the uh, well, you know, yeah, I hate <laughs> to say it, the Jetsons. It was, it was great. You know, I would love to have a maid that ran around. Yeah, you know, but it was again it, the the even then. How's this? In the Jetsons, um, the the robot was never made to look human. How's that? Well, no, okay, so yeah, the, the the robot never looked human, but they had uh, they had Zoom meetings. <laughs> they had yeah uh, TVs where he's talking to his, vo- his boss. Yeah, yeah, the the video. TV. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. they they really yeah. kind of you know had some stuff that was very very. Where we're at now, yeah, which means maybe there was somebody who knew where the technology it was coming was down going. the pike. Yeah, of course. Of yeah, course. yeah. You know, Mr. It has so, been yeah. absolutely wonderful to talk to you. It is so interesting. Are you working on any projects right now? Any new books? Anything? Uh yeah, I am. I um, I wrote a uh, uh, a screenplay that I'm looking to uh, to to you know looking to. Uh, for producers and agents to get behind right okay. now, um, and that's um, that's in the works. I'm looking to uh, looking for studios to get with on that. Um, so if anybody wants to Is team it... up with a number one best-selling author on a on a really scary movie, I was gonna say, I is it that genre? Is it that you know the the horror genre? It is. It is, okay. and it's a it's a it's um. It's a story of a, a a witch trial that goes horribly wrong, and uh, I don't want to give away okay. all of the. I can't give away sure, the details. Sure, sure, I understand. Because people are, um, I know, you know, I understand. People like me to steal from. <laughs> I get it. Believe me, I get it. I get it. Let me, for my <laughs> podcast listeners, what is your website? Um, well, you can reach out to me on. Um, on social, um, okay. at uh, Instagram at m dot dot gorga, and okay. um, on uh, Facebook at mr gorga. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm currently not on a website. Okay. I know it's that's not. You know. Well, you know what? Uh, sometimes <laughs> not the best thing. No, don't worry. I, I, I'm going to put a link in the in the credits of the show anyway. Up uh, probably uh, uh, to Facebook for you. Uh, so yeah. they, you know, from there they could you know you know send you a message or whatever yeah yeah but yeah. uh I mean, people reach out to me all the time and uh what else i'm um, working on uh, uh right now i'm working on a on a fiction novel and uh that's uh pretty much the i, I kind of write in that same vein where it's you know old you know 16 1700s okay kind of creepy witchcrafty kind of stuff so okay um that's where i'm going with that one as well so fascinating again thank you so much it's been absolutely wonderful to speak to you it's been a pleasure thank you for having me on likewise take care bye-bye thank you you too bye-bye okay here we go I apologize. I apologize. You know, when you hear, you know, I still have to edit. <laughs> That's what this, one of the advantages of having a pre-recorded show. I kid you not. I've been working on my computer. It's just been one of those days. There's other days that I'm, but I was, I have not had a blip on the radar 
when it comes to um, my internet connection. Nothing. No slowdowns, no hiccups, no nothing. Right? And as soon as I connected with him, everything, all my connections, it started doing that warbly stuff, which is usually when you're bandwidth, and, and it's like, okay, by the way, I don't have a million things going on that you're saying, okay, it's eating my bandwidth or whatever. There, it wasn't. I mean, as a matter of fact, in the middle of the day, I've got more stuff going on that's connected to that internet than even now. So for lack of a better word, as far as how can I explain that, I can't explain it. I can't. Because it's, boy, it's one of those deals where, you know, you, you, you I don't know. And, and, you know, sometimes, no, not sometimes, I, I have called it, you know, what they call, you know, paranormal sabotage. Because it's like, this is so unusual and the timing is like impeccable that there's it leaves nothing else um, as to why. And one of the times, I um, he uh, basically told me, you know, that this happens a lot. This happens a lot. And I said, really? Yeah, this happens quite a lot of times where I start going and talking about certain things and this, you know, things go sideways when it comes to the recording. And I was like, okay, because I told him I, um, if I would have seen that my internet for some reason was acting weird, I would have called you on the phone and we would have done it. What we ended up doing versus doing the streaming and, uh, there you go. What, what, what can I say? Now, what he talks about, okay, I don't know how he's still sane, all right? <laughs> no kidding. Because for me personally, I think about what he described and that's that's that, that can put a big strain on a person's, how can I say, mental, spiritual well-being. Because, you know, when you just don't know when something like this is going to make an appearance that's i don't know that almost makes you feel like man when's the the other shoe gonna drop and um but at the same time i like that he pointed out exactly what he said that sometimes there's people going out there with very uh going having similar experiences and they don't talk about it contrary to what everybody thinks that oh i'm gonna call a paranormal group or I'm even going to go to my clergy, if you have a clergy to go to, or whatever. There's a lot of people that don't. They, they're, I think they go through stages of either denial, uh, then, you know, when they can't do the denying anymore, they, you know, they want to outlast it and wait and see, okay, I, let, maybe it'll just stop. And then it doesn't. And then... Little by little, and, and I've noticed this in, in some of the cases I ever handled where st- something like this, where there was a malevolent slant to the to the experiences the person or the family was having, they start retreating into some type of isolation. And they, like he said, the stigma, you see, they're, they're, they're going to think I'm crazy uh, or I'm hallucinating, I'm doing drugs, you name it. Um, believe it or not, sometimes, and, and you know, when we look at the, at these paranormal shows that, you know, 
people seem almost excited that they're having this paranormal investigation and the group shows up and this and this and that. That's not accurate all the time. And the reason why I'm saying this is there's times that people realize that when they start uh, going out and maybe asking for help, whether maybe family, I'm not saying everybody, family, the clergy, even maybe if you belong to a certain group or a church, and you start describing, or even people come to your house and they get that feeling of some darkness or something like really intimidating. You know how that 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 thing like you know you're afraid that you're gonna catch what that person has. That people back away from you, including family. By the way, don't always think family. That people like do. It clergy does it. All right. I've heard of clergy say that the ones that kind of a little bit dismissive, you know, whatever. People, when they realize this is not like, oh, like the stuff you see on the shows, that there's something really um, dark and sinister going on, they back away because they're afraid that whatever you're experiencing, you're, they're going to catch it, almost like a disease or an illness. And people back away. So sometimes people either they have a little taste of it and they shut down or they anticipate, you know what, if this gets out, people are not going to want to, they're not going to come want to visit with me. They are not going to want to be my friends or my family. Or what. And they kind of shut down. So what he was saying about that, when people have read his book, they can say, okay, you know what, there's other people out there that have had this type of experience, which is like really dark. All right. Uh, and this is how they found the solution, or this is what happened afterwards. Again, it's almost like the group therapy thing, the benefits of which is you don't feel isolated. You realize other people have gone through this and the solution is or there's hope at the end of the tunnel, whatever, one of those deals. But yeah, sometimes uh, it does take something like that for people to, you know, sometimes people read those books not for the scare or the scare factor. They read them because they're looking for I need to find somebody who's had something similar to what I'm experiencing and they can tell me before I go blundering around going to all the wrong sources for help maybe I can read this story about what this person experienced and how they got help that kind of deal yeah and you know what I've heard of sometimes people have dabbled in the occult. And by this, I'm not talking about the Ouija board. I'm talking about that you've, you were either in a group or a coven or um, or you hung out with people that you shouldn't have, even if you were a hanger-on. And maybe that was sometime in the past and then this is biting them in the butt. And they're almost afraid or embarrassed to maybe they're in a relationship with somebody that they never told this person about what they were involved in. And they're like, I can't talk, I can't say to this person, you know what, I was doing this, I was dabbling in this, I was hanging out with these people. So they're like, kind of like painted themselves into a corner as to what the source is for what they're experiencing or seeing or hearing or whatever the case might be. And then how do you explain yourself out of that one? So sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it's always have, it's always good to have a DIY because basically, at the end of the day, that's really, among other things, uh, like, and then I've said this before, 
And again, this is based on, unfortunately, what you see in a lot of these paranormal reality shows where the cavalry is either the paranormal groups coming over and it, in truth, where people find themselves in these type of situations, you, yeah, you could ask for help, this and that, but really the one that has to take care of this and handle this is the people, the person, the couple, the family that have, they're the ones, they're, this thing of like that you're going to have somebody come in and clean up the mess and they're going to go away and this horrible thing that happened or whatever was going on, it just, that's it, it's over. Nah, Mm-mm. no, doesn't work that way doesn't work that way at all and a lot of people after the fact find out the hard way that you know you're going to have to get your hands dirty in the case of if you want to whether you want to call it banish pray away um bind i don't know whatever you 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 have got to be the one to confront whatever it is how's that you know you're the one that has got to confront and defend whether it's your home, your property, your life, your children's life, your sanity. Uh, you cannot, um, you can't cower it away. Because what happens is, and you'll hear of this, of people that have had groups, even blessings from clergy, different denominations come in and and everything is fine for a bit and then it comes back. And the reason is that the authority of the person being affected, the target, in other words, that authority, it was missing. Nobody, and, and I know people can say, well, you know, somebody acting on your behalf up to a certain point, but really, you, you've got to care enough about your well-being or your life or your safety or your mental health, whatever, to defend it, to defend it against whatever it is, to tell them you've got to go away and you, I'll not have you here. If you want to say the name of Jesus, uh, you know, if you, what, whatever works for you as far as that is opposite to whatever it is that usually is evil or dark. Evil and dark, sorry, not or. All right. But not everybody's up to it. And it's a scary thing. It really is, especially when you hear stories like his. It's the, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, some people, and you know what, for some people out there, they're like, oh, that's, that must be so exciting to be able to see that. And I'd be like, you don't know what you're talking about. All right. Having experiences like what he described, this is not like when you go see a horror movie and at the end of the movie, the credits roll and that's it. It's over and you get up and you go home and, ah, that was a real scary movie. I had made me jump a couple of times in my chair. And, ah, what about when the credits don't roll? And there is no end in sight. Yeah, then everything changes. Then time slows down. And that's when a lot of things happen. Like we were talking about where, hey, this is not that the furniture flying across the room or, you know, somebody. No, this is like stuff is happening and weird things are happening in my house. And maybe it's that psyop thing, that psychological warfare where, you know what, uh, I have this horrible nightmares and then two or three days go by and then it comes back and I live constantly wondering when's the next thing going to happen. And sometimes that is the way that kind of um, evil uh, works its way into your everyday. That's how. All right, guys, 
please come back every week. I have a lot of great guests, new ones like MR Gorga, returning guests. And again, go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com or MPPellister.com. I have links to my Substack. I have links to all the video and podcast versions of all the shows. And of course, you can find the podcast and the videos. I have videos besides YouTube. I am on Rumble, on Roku, on CloudHub, on BitChute, on Steemit. And of course, podcasts, I'm the podcast, all the different podcasts are on all the major podcast platforms. You will find me there. Stories of the Supernatural, Nightshade Diary, Supernatural Storytime, or you can look for MP Pelliser. Don't forget also, we have Eerie News. So until next week, thank you for stopping by. Take care. <laughs>